What's up, everybody? Welcome to Water Break. My name is Ryan Cavan, and I'm here with my co-host, Terrell Thurlgood. What's up, everyone? And like always, we've got another dope episode prepared for you guys. So before you keep listening, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're listening to right now. Are you ready to relax? Take a water break. Welcome back to another episode of Water Break. We are extremely excited about our guest today, T. Who we got going today? Yeah, we told you we're bringing you new dope guests, and we're excited to bring on a fellow podcaster. He's a former football player and the host of the Real Pack Talk podcast. We got Gabe Tovar coming on the show. What's up, Gabe? How's it going? It's going great, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited for this show. Yeah, for sure, bro. We're super excited. So we we all knew each other in college. We went to college together. And then recently, just it must must have been a month ago. Yeah, T was like, we, you know, we were talking about what guests we got to get on the show and things, and he was like, "What about Gabe Tovar?" And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, he played high school football, right? Like, that's cool." He's like, "No, he's got this uh, Instagram page and this podcast, and it like blew up. It's all about Packers." And I was like, "What?" So I checked it out, and I was like, "Dang, this guy's got like twenty thousand followers. Like, he is completely blown up. Like, with this, like, we definitely got to get him on the yeah. show. So we're super stoked to have you today, man." Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of really it, it's it's a story, but I, I guess we'll we'll dive into it. So, for sure, for sure. Well, hey, we are uh, gonna have our uh, moderator Dalen kind of uh, take us through the episode and kind of guide us here. So, Dalen, take it away for us. Awesome. Let's get started. What's up, Gabe? How you doing? What's going on, Dan? How you doing, brother? Cool. Well, let's uh, let's get to know you a little bit. So, um, where'd you grow up? Uh, so for me, grew up in the San Fernando Valley city called Canoga park. It's the North end, but it's about 50 miles or so Northeast of downtown Los Angeles. Um, it's actually the furthest area you could possibly get of LA County before you start hitting the Ventura County area. So Simi Valley, that area is just beyond us, but yeah, we grew up right here in the Valley, the West end. Um, love it. My whole family is actually from, from the Valley. So it was never an idea to leave it. You know, it's just, it's home. It's pretty much home for us. For sure, for sure. Awesome. And, and you're a uh, Laker and Dodger fan, correct? I just want to get that, you know, kind of out there. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm actually really happy you're opening up with that to start the show, especially <laughs> after last night. Um, I'm a, I love the Dodgers. I can't tell you the number of Dodger games I've been to in my life. Uh, a lot of historic ones, a lot of boring ones, a lot of blowouts, playoffs, World Series. I love my Dodgers. Lakers, I have to be honest with you guys, growing up with three brothers, the other three dominated the basketball world. I kind of sat back. Obviously, grow, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 28 years old. So as a kid, it was Kobe Bryant and then everyone else. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to call myself a diehard Laker fan, but I do, you know, when I watch basketball, yeah, it's, you know, it's the, uh, it's the purple and gold for me. And uh, I don't sure. care who's on it. It's always going to be the Lakers. So. But I don't that. claim to be like a, a know-it-all with that. But we we can talk Dodgers all day if you want. But Lakers, yeah, I just want to put that out there. For sure, for sure. Sorry, Dalen, I had to interrupt you no, there and just I, get I mean, the little LA. Yeah, yeah. For us. At least, at least, yeah. I mean, about that. we kind of have to link that up. We need we need to link, link that up. Last, I I I will say this much if it if it means anything. I was bummed about last night. Um, yeah. That was just I don't know. I don't know. Do I even count that as a shot? Danny Green, I know, used to be once upon a time like a hero in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know what was going on with that. And then whatever that pass yeah. slash shot, whatever the heck that was, I don't know. But yeah, Monkey that Morris. was, you know. Yeah. So for those watching, this is Aaron on Monday. And we're recording here on Saturday. So we're talking about oh. Friday night's game. That was, it was brutal. Uh, oh, well, I, but, I, 
I was satisfied with that outcome. You know me, a diehard Laker hater. Um, I'm with you on that well, one. But, <laughs> but Danny Green's a hero in my book for my Spurs. So, you know, shout out to the Green wow. Ranger. You know, Tar Heels as well. You know, shout out. Yeah, well, let's hope by the time they hear this on Monday morning, it's a different outcome. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. We'll be, we can rejoice we, together on Monday morning. They're not even going to care about all this on Monday morning. So, <laughs> whatever. All right, moving on. What sports did you play, Gabe? Uh, I started playing football. Football was always a sport that I just loved since I was since I was a kid. Um, I started playing organized football as a third grader at Park League, and didn't look back until my senior year of high school. I mean, uh, I played a little bit of baseball here and there. Um, wasn't really too devoted. I have an older brother who was, you know, he was a really good baseball player. Um, but as for myself, I didn't really focus on any other sports. Um, if we had, like, at my school, I went to a small private school, so we didn't have, you know, the resources of a, of a bigger school. So there was no wrestling team, uh, you know, track or whatever maybe may be. We just had the bare essentials, so football, basketball, baseball for the girls, so, you know, it was softball, vo- volleyball. So for me, it was football and baseball. And then once mm-hmm. I hit about junior high, I was just, you know, I just devoted. Um, I'm a bigger dude, so, you know, I feel like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go to what, you know, my, my – my body says I'm a bigger dude. I'm a stronger dude. I'm just <laughs> throw your weight football. around. Yeah, I just throw, just just kind of throw it around. So I started started focusing, you know, primarily on football, and uh, that's really just kind of been my only love as far as sports goes. Just everything for sure. Reading it, studying it, watching film on it, um, playing it, whatever it may may be. Just football was a sport that I played growing up, and it was definitely my first love when it when it comes to sports. Yeah. More on the offensive side or defensive? Uh. So as a high schooler, I had more success on offense. Um, I was an all-CIF. I, I played in the California All-Star game as an offensive line, lineman. But per, like, so, like I said, coming from a small school, you have to, you know, you play both sides. And it just kind of sucked because, because I, you know, I don't mean to pat myself on my back, but because I was good as a lineman, coaches never put me in as a defensive lineman, which is what I love. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I love controlling the line. I love sacking the quarterback. I love putting moves. Like, you know, a lot of these guys, Aaron Donald gets a lot of praise in, in, in the NFL for, you know, for good reason. But when you actually watch what he does, it's just, I mean, all the moves he does, all the techniques he has, it's just like when I was a kid, I used to love to put those in practice and try mm-hmm. to see if, you know, hey, if he could do it, maybe I can do it, you know. Obviously, he's way more athletic than I'll ever be, but um defensive side of the ball for me was what I love to do but unfortunately because I was better at one thing that I didn't like at all uh they stuck with me more on 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 that side so Hmm. how much were you in uh, coach's ear about you know throwing a pass out to you you know just give me a little love on the (laughs) o-line that's actually a funny story um since freshman year I I I begged them like hey uh, you know and when am I gonna get a catch I mean offensive linemen do all the work that doesn't go you know, like 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 no one no one's writing in the papers about how great I blocked on, on Friday or Saturday night. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all gonna be talking about the quarterback did this and quarterback completed ninety five percent of his passes. Yeah, well, quarterback did you know he doesn't do that unless he has good offensive line linemen. So since freshman year, I was in his ear like all the time in practice and in in the middle of games when I probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> but it wasn't until my senior year. To be fair, it wasn't a touchdown pass. It was a well, it was a touchdown pass, but it wasn't a touchdown. It wasn't recorded as one, at least. It was a two point. Um, but I did catch the ball, so I can say in my career, I'm one for one 
with with a catch and a score. So that's all that matters to me. Wow. You're automatic, 100%. Like, and you were unstoppable. That's what you can tell. I, I mean, you know, as far as the stats say, if anyone, if stats mean you know, anything to anybody, yeah, I'm one, one, one for one, 100%. So <laughs> you can tell your grandkids, you can call me 100. <laughs> you know, I, I, there was a point in your in your grandpa's life where he was one one for one in high school, <laughs> unstoppable. So yes, no one could. Touch I'll take you. that to the grave. I'll take that That's to the right. grave with me. That's so funny. <laughs> well, since football is your first love, who are some football <clears throat> players you idolized growing up? I mean the. The obvious one, Brett Favre. Uh, shout out to Brett Favre, by the way. Today, uh, is, he turns fifty-one. It's a birthday mm. for Brett Favre, so make sure oh, you get him celebrate. Nice. <laughs> get him a pair yeah, of Wranglers. He, he, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he he was definitely, um, you know, I I said earlier, growing up as a kid when I started, you know, watching sports and paying attention to sports, Brett Favre was the freaking man. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming out of the late '90s, Brett Favre was coming off MVPs. He was coming off a Super Bowl appearances, the Super Bowl championship. So when I started watching football early 2000s, Brett Favre was the man. And um, it wasn't even uh, a question who my favorite player in the NFL was. I had jerseys as a kid. I still have those same ones. Um, I would also say Ray Lewis. I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to explain, Ray, you know, his – his uh his play is just ridiculous mm-hmm. early Passion. 2000s again the the 2002 uh the ravens had one of the some would say it's the best defense of all time i think they only i think they shut out six teams that year they allowed an average of 10 points a week and it was all mm-hmm. led by ray lewis so what you know watching ray lewis do it on one side of the ball and brett Favre do it on the other side and they're just doing it they're having fun they're passionate um I would honestly say those two were just my favorite players growing up as, as a kid. And just, again, just fun to watch. It's fun to watch them enjoy the game and just be kids. You know, they're grown men, but they're out there having fun as if they're 10, 12 years old. So yeah, I, I, I loved it. I loved it. What was, uh, what was your favorite Brett Favre moment? I know for, for me, the Raiders game Monday night, you know, after his dad passed away, mm-hmm. that was that's the one that stands out to me. What, what, what about you? What was your favorite Brett Favre moment? So I, I do remember that. I actually had the flu that night. I stayed home from school that day. So, you know, it, it was it was actually one of those days where, you know, you know, you, you know, as a kid, when your parent gives you the OK to stay home from school, you kind of feel you feel great all of a sudden. <laughs> and just knowing that the Packers are playing, the, you know, tonight, you know, we're, we're going tonight. It was even better. But I remember watching that game. That game was definitely a memorable one. Um, I would definitely, it's definitely up there as one of my favorite moments, but I think probably my favorite moment, not really game, but my favorite moment was uh, 07 against, um, it was the Seahawks. Um, I think it was 07. I, I may, I may have the year wrong about, about that, but um, the, it started to snow about halfway through. There was a moment in the game where Brett Favre was scrambling. He was scrambling out to his right. He was tripped up and in classic, Brett Favre type style of play. He's tripping, he's falling, the snow is causing him to slip, and he just shuffles the ball in. I mean, just something that your your coaches as a third grader teach you not to do. You know, it's just and it's just classic Brett Favre though. He was tripping up and he shuffles it through. I believe it was to Ryan Grant and it was it was scored for a touchdown. And that was actually the touchdown that gave us enough uh momentum to win the game and advance and um that's probably my favorite moment because I just remember watching that and just kind of thinking to myself, like, you know, he's just 
he just does it all. <laughs> like the stuff that you're not supposed to do, he's out there doing it and he's succeeding. But then mm. if someone else tries to do those same things, they wouldn't succeed. So, I mean, it's just that that's probably my favorite moment, just watching. And it's a small moment. It's not in, in a big, big time game. But that was kind of when I realized, like, you know, this, this dude just, I mean, he's just my favorite player to watch just because how wild he is, just a gunslinger. Yeah. One thing about players like that is I feel like it's so sad almost. You appreciate them more when they're gone, right? Specifically if you're not a fan of that specific team, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I talked about Ray Lewis. I mean, when Ray Lewis left, I'm not saying the D, you know the, the NFL doesn't have defensive players that are like have that mentality, but you know there was just no one like Ray Lewis. Mm-hmm. He just he 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 let us fans know that this this was his life, and he played he played like it. And there there really is that for for a fan perspective. I don't have to tell, tell you guys, you notice that. Yep. I mean, Kobe Bryant you you notice the whole mentality of that and it made you love him even more i mean it's why people argue for him for being the goat today because it's like he had that extra that extra push in there so Mm -hmm. i think when it comes to guys like ray you know as as a football fan i love i love to watch the sport i can appreciate the small things and with ray lewis was like yeah i mean that's something i love to watch about this guy he just he brings so much more than just your average guy does for sure all right, Gabe, we got to know. So you were born and raised in California, but you're a Green Bay fan. Where did your love for Green Bay come from? <laughs> it's actually a cute story, believe it or not. No. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if, if you guys um, you said, you guys don't know my dad, um, but my dad, if you guys didn't know him, he's not a football fan. He's not a basketball fan. He's not a baseball fan. He's never really been into sports. Growing up as a kid, he, he, grew, up, he grew up a little bit rougher. Um, he, he grew up uh, kind of living on the streets and kind of being wild and everything the streets had to offer, but he was never into sports. And what a time for him to be into sports, too. I mean, the Showtime Lakers, you know, yeah. you had the Raiders back in the 80s. And, I mean, it was a great time to be alive if you were a sport. Uh, you know, and then you had the Jordan, of course, in like, in like the 90s era. But he was not into it. So, obviously, my name is Gabe. When, he, when I was in first grade, he bought me a shirt, and it was, it was a Green Bay Packers shirt. And it had the giant G on the front of it. And he bought that shirt for me, not knowing. Again, he doesn't watch sports. So he, doesn't, he doesn't know. And he, he bought it for me. And I remember years later, he kind of told me, too. He's like, yeah, I thought it was kind of stupid. And I was like yellow and green. But, you know, I just bought it because it had a G on it. And he bought it for me. And I used to wear it, like, every day, like, as a kid. And I, I think I was younger than first grade, actually. But I, I was at an age where I don't really know sports quite yet. You know, you're not sitting down. You're not waiting for you know your team to play yet because you're still a little too young Mm. but i started i I wore that shirt almost every day and over time i started realizing that you know why is it green and yellow and why (laughs) is this g you know and i started paying attention to it and it's just like i said around that time i started watching the packers and brett Favre was the man and and because i loved football and i loved brett Favre's style of playing it was just a love affair i mean i started Mm. wearing that shirt every day with a little bit more pride and um, from then on, you know, the rest is history. You know, here we are today. So that's right, really that how the cute story. <laughs> that's that's Bro. yeah. That's how that's how the Packer thing started. So it's a cute little story between father and son. But uh, I don't I don't think father knew what he uh, <laughs> what he made <laughs> in son. That's what makes it great. Is he had absolutely no idea what he was buying you. <laughs> he's not. Yeah, he's he's not a football fan. And like it, it was funny because we had a conversation years later, and he was just like. 
I didn't even know what that was. I just thought it was cool because it had a giant G on it. And I was like, yeah, yes. I mean, if you're not a sports fan, I guess that's pretty cool. Have you, you know, converted so. him over to a Packers fan now, or does he still not care? No, uh, Papa Tovar is still the same same guy today as he was 25 years ago. I mean, into the same music, cruising the same cars, uh, same hobbies. He just he doesn't change. He'll sit every once in a while. He'll, he'll catch a Dodger game. Um, yeah. He used to take us to those games, actually, as kids. Because he knew we wanted to go, but um, yeah, he's still the same kickback, late, late, laid back Tovar he is today. So that's awesome. There's no I, converting I, him. I feel you on that. Uh, the Packers thing. That's how I became a Broncos fan. Uh, was playing Madden. I think '98 or '99. Um, Elway years. Yeah, uh, Terrell Davis was on the cover, and I was like, yeah, "Oh, we have the same name. I'm a Broncos man now." There so you go. Yeah. Not as, how, not, as cute, not as cute as Gabe, but still a little tight. It's close, though. Close, close. I mean, you have the whole Terrell thing, so it's kind of personal. So, I mean, that's, that's, how, that's how it went, and that's that's the story. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, All right, cool, Gabe, yeah. well, to finish off this first segment, I'm going to give you three names. You are going to start one, bench oh. one, and cut one. <laughs> are right. you ready? Uh, I guess. Here we go. I always hate playing this game because I always feel like I'm stupid <laughs> at the end of it. You'll love this All one. Right, go ahead. Bart Starr. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. I got to start one, bench one, and cut cut one? Yep. Good. Okay, so automatically I'm going to bench Bart Starr, and there's no, there's no disrespect on that. <laughs> we called that I mean, one. Let's just be real. I didn't watch Bart, Bart Starr. I, I don't know. The game was different than it was 50 years ago. I don't. I mean, you put – I have a buddy who argues for the old school football players versus today and whether or not their record should stand. I always tell him, like, dude, Put those guys that are smoking a cigarette during halftime and all that <laughs> on the field today. They're, I mean, our practice squad guys are in better shape than these guys. <laughs> so automatically, Bart, Bart Starr, he is – did I say bench? I actually meant cut. I'm cutting him. <laughs> I don't even want to give him a chance. When it comes to Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, so that one is just – that one's stupid tough. Um, I probably – you know, like, like I said, I love mechanics. I love the fundamentals of football. What I see out of Aaron Rodgers, I mean, maybe it's because I, I actually grew up more of a football fan when he was coming in versus Brett Favre. I caught him in the middle of his career. I would honestly say I would have benched Brett Favre and I'd start Aaron Rodgers. I mean, just the mechanics are flawless on him. The the way – just just the small things are the things that catch my eye about Aaron yeah. Rodgers. I mean, I post on my personal page almost every week of him just throwing a football, and it gets on people's nerves. But I'll post <laughs> because they the Packers always load a video of him – throwing like right before the game starts and i always put it on i put it on my personal page people get so annoyed like the way this man just throws a football just it's, it's just so exciting like it's just he he does everything right and a flick of the wrist and just i i love it so yeah i, I would definitely start aaron Rodgers. i mean hmm. i was surprised I, I, by that you one. know and that's and, and that and that's coming after i just gave you all this praise about Favre and everything you know that's why yeah, i said that's I why stupid after this yeah i thought for sure <laughs> brett Favre was gonna start so I was like but... yeah he's gonna be in there <laughs> Would, is there anything you'd like to say to Brett about that? Or? <laughs> uh, happy birthday. <laughs> Your Hall of Fame in my book. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what else, what else to say. I mean, I'm sorry, Brett. I, I, I love you, man. Please respond That's funny. We, we, we also talk a little bit of movies on here. Uh, what's, your, what's your favorite all-time football movie? Well, I mean, I just quoted it right now. Remember the Titans. That's, that's I mean, 
I don't think it gets much better. I mean, everyone says Rudy until you actually watch Rudy and you're like, yeah, that's a, unless you grew up in that era, that's a boring movie in my eyebook. So <laughs> I've never been a Rudy fan. But to me, remember the Titans, um, the replacements, if you're looking for a good laugh. Uh, Gridiron Gang, I think that's the name of it, right? No, no, it's uh, The Longest Yard. The Longest Yard. Oh, I was going to say The Longest for, Yard. If you're looking for a laugh. But yeah, to me, it's remember the Titans prime Denzel doesn't get much better than that I'm with you there <laughs> all right well we're gonna move well, into uh kind of the uh the next block of the show and we're gonna talk about um your show really the the foundation of the real pack talk and just want to jump in a little bit there so uh Dalen take it away all right let's 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 get into this all right first question Gabe which team has the best fan base oh Green Bay I don't know, that's to me. That's we kind of set you up for that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys kind of you, you you lobbed that one to me. Um, I mean, Green, Green Bay and my I've been to Green Bay. I can't even tell you the number of times. And knowing that they're a small market, Green Bay is a city of just a little over a hundred thousand people versus you know Dallas, Atlanta. Uh, you have New York. You have you have L.A. Now, I mean, all these markets that are just much much larger than Green, Green Bay, and you see the passion and. Green Bay has, you know, kind of stood the test of time when it comes to the existence of the NFL. I mean, as long as the NFL has been around, the Packers have been around a lot, a lot um, longer than them, actually. And just knowing that they're still here, they're still successful, they're still, I mean, generating fans every year. And if you go to Green Bay, it's just like I said, there's no skyscrapers. It's just a, it's just a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you go there and you see the passion. I've been to NFL games. I've been to sporting events. I've been to World Series. I've been to NBA games. And nothing changes as far as, like, the fandom. I mean, it's just – it's a, it's alive and well. When you pull into the city of Green Bay, they have Packer G's on the side of the highways. Um, their fire hydrants are green and yellow. I mean, just everything about the city just bleeds just sports and their team. So I go, and that's, I, that's just something I can appreciate. I mean, just the best fans in the world in, in my mind. Um, what would you uh, say to Seattle fans? Because I think uh, they would like to claim that they have the best fan base. Well, knowing that Seattle fans are about five years old, uh, uh, about now, um, you know, there's not really much I could say say, say to them that's going to help them uh, un- understand. I know, I know, one of you guys is a Seattle fan, so I'm sorry, but no, none of us, none of us, because <laughs> I know uh, probably since 2012 or 2013 or so, I started seeing all these Seattle fans around the world. So, I mean, I, I don't know where the 12th man came from, but he must have just signed with, with, with the team. But I don't know. <laughs> that's just my that's my opinion. They popped out of nowhere, man. <laughs> I guess. I guess so. That's funny. All right. Well, take us behind the scenes of what led you to start the fan page. I mean, you see all the time on Instagram, all these fan pages, and they have, you know, like 100 followers or 200 followers. You've got a pretty decent following so let us know, talk to us about how that kind of came to be. I mean, honestly, you know, it, it, I think if you have a passion for anything, you're, you're going to dive into it. You're, you're going to make it everything, you know, it could actually be. And when it came to the fan page, it was just, I started it. Honestly, I started it one night in 2017 where I was just bored. And I was, but I was thinking about the Packers. I remember none of my brothers were home and I was by myself. And I was like, man, I really wish I could talk football. Like at this moment, I wish I could talk which I could talk with with somebody about like the Packers. And I was, remember I was finding this one sports fan page and, um, you know, you don't, you don't really talk to people on there. You know, people on the internet, they're just trolls. 
kind of, kind of these days. You can't really have a conversation. So I just thought, you know, why don't I just start my own page? And it's, you know, it's just like you said, even if it's 100 or 200 pe- pe- people, w- whatever, we could have a conversation with that. And as I started it, um, I started noticing that, okay, I'm actually picking up a lot of uh, a lot of people here. And then we, I started having the conversation. Like, if you go back, if you actually go back on the page, one of my first posts was me actually kind of being like a troublemaker where I was, I asked a question like, is Aaron Rodgers' career being wasted in Green Bay, knowing that they don't give him all this talent? Um, and deep down inside, I knew what the question was, or I knew what the answer was. Um, but I wanted to ask because I thought, okay, you're going to get people like this. It's in the middle of the season or oh, it's in the middle of the off season. You know, you're coming off the NFL draft from, um, from, from that point. After the NFL draft, there's kind of really nothing going on in the NFL world until you hit preseason. So it really was the most mm-hmm. boring time to start a page. But again, it was all about having a conversation. So if you can come up with a uh, you come up with a, a topic or two, even though you might know the answer, it's not about you knowing the answer. It's about getting people out there to try to answer it. So a lot of my posts in the beginning were just about reeling people in, getting people excited, getting people upset. And most of the times, the people that you get uh, that you get mad that stay with you. So I have followers now that have been followers of mine for two, three years, and you know they hate my guts, but they continue to follow, they continue to comment, they continue to like, they continue to ask questions, and um, that's really how it started. Just me wanting to have a conversation about the Packers and knowing that I'm from LA. We don't have Packer fans out here. I'm pretty much the guy that covers them. So. Um, there's nothing, you know, that, that, that's how the page started and it just picked up from there. The conversations just started to flow. The, um, the, the content I was pushing out, I know it's not ESPN quality, but it was just content I was pushing out there to get conversation going and eventually it just Mm -hmm. took over. And then once the seasons get, once the season got started that first year, it was over because then, you know, we have something to talk about just about every day now. And people know me and people know I'm going to, you know, kind of push buttons and I'm going to ask questions. And um, from there on, you know, just the rest is history. It just, that's how, that's how I got started. That's so, dope. Well, hopefully uh, Instagram picks up on that and gives you that blue check mark and verifies. I've asked about a billion times, brother. I'm, I'm hoping it happens. <laughs> soon, soon. Well, you've told us um, your favorite Packers game, but what's the best game that you've actually been to? Uh, is this just NFL or sports in general? Just the best. Uh, let's let's stick NFL, with football. football. Yeah, okay. NFL, okay. I'll just right. say there's actually a couple if we go like all across the board. But uh, probably the best Packer game I've been to was two years ago, opening night against the Chicago Bears, Sunday night. Um, we were coming off a year. It's really about the narrative. I mean, that's really what sport, sports is all about that. And it was coming off mm-hmm. the year, Aaron Rodgers not being there. The Packers weren't a good team. They didn't make the playoffs. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, he returns. And it's week one, and Packer fans, you know, we've been all off season. We had to hear that we weren't good, and the Bears' division now, and blah blah blah. And here's Aaron Rodgers, and he's playing. It's like, hey, we're back. And then the second quarter, he goes down, gets carted off the field, goes to the locker room. I got to tell you, it's a part of it being the greatest game I've ever been to because the feeling in that in that in, in that in that small space that I was in was just devastating when we saw the card come out. Because all, and then I didn't even know there was a there was a, a group in front of us. They all left, and I can remember thinking like, "Man, I backed you guys up on that podcast that one time, man. You guys got you know you guys got to stay." And they all took off, 
and it and it it really kind of sucked and you know it was just dead and i sat there and aaron Rodgers isn't playing and we put our backup in who blew the game and cleo mack looked like an all-star i guess was that night and then aaron Rodgers came back in the fourth no he came back in the third and took us out of a 20 point um i think we were down by 20 points caught us all the way back up we won on one of the final plays of the game and we went home but it was just again the atmosphere is just it was what makes it just incredible and being that we got the mixed one that night of devastation, your star players out again, you're going up against the Chicago Bears. It's Sunday night football, so this is the only game the nation is watching right right, right now. Um, it's week one, so you know people are watching because it's you know football's back and just being there, just it sucked for like an hour, and then after it, just watching Aaron Rodgers go out there throwing uh, two touchdown passes, getting us the lead, getting us the victory. Defense goes out there, and makes the final stand. Um, I had no voice for the next week. I mean, it was just, it, it was, it was the best football game I definitely I've ever been to. It was just, it was that much fun. Well, with the NFL fan being taken out of most stadiums, obviously with COVID-19, how much value <clears throat> has been lost in the overall viewing experience? You know, I think the NFL was, as far as COVID timing, the NFL had the most to to benefit off of. Because you saw what the NBA did. Uh, bravo to the NBA. They did a fantastic job. You know, the bubble mm-hmm. sounded, didn't sound fun. I mean, you, you guys are just going to play up. You guys are just going to play in like a random gym and that's it. But seeing what the NBA did yeah. in the meantime, while the NFL wasn't scheduled to start, the NFL had a lot to benefit off them. Then you saw baseball, you know, they were about to start and they had to postpone their season and they came back with no fans. And at first, yeah, I'm not going to lie. At first it was a little weird. And then you kind of just get used to it, just knowing that, well, if you saw these guys at a random park somewhere, you wouldn't care who's actually around. You would sit there and watch the entire time. So football, I, I, I don't think it's lost value as far as the fans not being there. I think it's given us a different uh, perspective. Like, I don't think it's by accident the NFL is scoring more points now than it has in recent years. And, um, you know, you want to talk about what drives football fans or them trying to get more of them. At least it's, it, it, it comes down to offense. It comes down to quarterback plays. It's the reason why they make so many flags about hitting the quarterback low or too late or whatever it, it may be. And this year, I mean, the Packers alone, we're averaging 40 points a game. I mean, that's bringing in attraction. That's, you know, that's, that's having new fans come. And I think that's, you know, I don't think they lost value in having the fans gone. I think it's, I think it's kind of adding to the game. Obviously, I don't want it to be a permanent thing. But um, when losing value, I think is a bad way to say it. I, I think they're fi- they found a new way to make it work. Just like the NBA, hmm. they didn't lose value necessarily in it. Unless you want to go political. I don't ever talk, you know, the whole political stance of it. But the NBA has done a fantastic job of keeping its fan base exactly where they're at before COVID hit. And I think the NFL had the most sure. uh, benefit off that w- watching the NBA do it first and then watching the MLB kind of perfect it a little bit. And then the NFL says, well, we saw how someone started it. We saw how someone perfected it. Now let's just get it. Now let's just copycat. Let's just get it right. And um, as far as the bubble in the NFL, I, I, I don't think that's realistic. Uh, 53 guys on a roster plus 12 guys on the practice squad. Plus, you know, your head coach, your OC, your DC, your offensive line coach, your defensive line. I mean, there's just there's too many people to put in a bubble. Um, I think, you know, the the NFL is doing it right. I think they're 
I, I know we're 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 gonna dive in 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 like in, in, into this. I'm not sure when, but I know that what they're doing right now, as far as the rules go, um, I think I think they're doing it right. I don't th- so again, I don't think value's lost. I just think they found a new way to make it work, and to, and at least in my mind, it is working. Yeah, I think it's true what you said too. I mean, the casual fan wants high volume offense. I mean. For, for someone like you, who is a completely dedicated NFL fan, you can find huge enjoyment in the success on defense. Oh, yeah. But for a casual fan, they want that high-volume offense. Yeah. And I think you're right. It's That's kind of pushed that and helped that for them. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if, if you even touch Patrick Mahomes, if, if, if he goes down for a slide, the NFL is going to throw, you know, they're going to throw the law at you. Because, I mean, that's, that's just that's what people want to see. People don't want to see LeBron James play defense. They want to see LeBron James dunking on people. Um, that's just a sport mm-hmm. thing, and it's the same in baseball. We, 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 we talk about the um, the Dodgers. We became a home run team, and that's what people wanted to see. You know, they want to see the big offensive play. So, again, in foot, when when it comes to having no fans, you know, we played against the Saints a couple weeks back, and the Saints are known for having a loud arena. I mean, they have a dome. They're always they're just like the 12th man. They're very loud. And Aaron Rodgers just went in there and was able to hard count the entire night. And was able to drop, I believe he dropped 37. And that's never happened. I'm not saying he's not capable of actually doing that against them, but it's harder to do it in a dome where fans are screaming and you can't even, you know, your your center can't even hear you. I mean, so what makes you think the wideouts can hear you and this and that? So I think it's definitely adding, um, you know, yeah. I feel like it would it w- it would uh, make the game more interesting if they – turned up the volume to that level like in those arenas you know like if if you could get to that level you know crank it up that way you can't hear it because then it actually i feel like that's the biggest part of home field advantage is is the fans like i feel like it's just not there especially when you hear analysts talk like oh they're going on the road to to this place like well there's no one there right you know playing in seattle with zero fans and you're just hoping it doesn't rain you know pretty much turning up the volume for scenario football let's say third and long or you know big two-point conversion or chanting defense when you're when you're on defense yeah but then there's a slippery slope because how loud is too loud i mean i i I don't know if you if you guys remember this now but a couple years ago i believe it was the falcons got in trouble for doing the fake crowd noise uh during one of the games and that was one of those things where it's like it was frowned upon then and even though it's kind of not frowned upon now because it's just like you said there is no fans it would make sense on paper but at some point, it's like, yo, okay, it doesn't ever get this loud right now, and it is. So I think it, it has more potential to hurt the game because let let's say some quarterback goes out there and he can't hear his offensive lineman, they get a flag, they lose time possession, they ultimately lose the game because they couldn't get the playoff because the noise was cranked up at a level that not even the fans being there are able to get it up to. Now we're talking about well, we lost the game based on a technical pro- um, problem. I mean, I rather lose a game or I, 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 I rather be beaten with no fans than win a game because I'd have help from the guys in the sound booth. You know what I mean? So it's just, to me, it's a slip. It, it, yeah. It's a slippery slope to, to do that. I get it on paper. It sounds great, but I don't think it, it's definitely going to fall. It's definitely going it, 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 to, it, it's going to fall through the cracks at some point in the year. If you, if you do that. Do you, do you feel the ball was dropped as far as allowing fans to attend games in person? Um, I don't, you know, every team has their own opinion. You know, it's hard not to, I, I do my very best to not bring 
politics into sports, even though it's kind of hard, you know, players could have their viewpoints on things. They'll wear the shirts. They'll, they'll kneel. That's obviously the big one. Um, and it's hard to not bring it in, but I mean, every state is different. You're seeing the more conservative states. They are allowing, uh, you know, 10,000, 20,000 fans in versus the states like California. I mean, I haven't seen my Dodgers. This is going to be the first year I haven't seen the Dodgers play like live. I mean, you know, so it's hard to say if they drop the ball or not, but from what I'm seeing, it's working on both sides. I mean, obviously not having any fans there. Yeah. You're, you're doing a great job at making sure that, you know, no one is getting the virus. And then you have other stadiums like, you know, you have stadiums like the chiefs, the chiefs are allowing a bunch of fans in and they're not filling it out, but they're allowing fans in and you know, there's been no um, outbreaks or anything like that. So I, Again, I think the NFL just benefited off of, you know, what the NBA did, what the MLB did, what the NHL did. I mean, I don't watch hockey, but I know they were going on during they were kind of doing the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think they dropped the ball. I think they just they, – they let the teams decide for themselves. So far, everything has been good. I mean, we saw the Titans. We saw what that turned out to be like um, right before we started the show. Found out a Bears guy got, um, got it, but – these are players that are not coming in contact with fans, especially this, you know, they're not letting them swap jerseys this year. So you want to talk about not being able to let your players come in contact with, 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 with the fans or with anyone else like that. I think, you know, it's working out when they drop the ball. I think they're right to let the teams decide. Everyone has their own beliefs. And if it's working on both sides, then, you know, just like, just kind of, just kind of let it work and just kind of let it go. Yeah, well, to wrap up this uh, segment here, just kind of one more question piggybacking off that one. Um, do you feel with everything going on, it will be harder for teams to get fans back into stadiums? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's I've, I've kind of swallowed that pill already. Um, I had tickets to go to two Packer games this year, and now that credit is in my SeatGeek account. And I just kind of told myself a few months back, like, you know what? It's going to be in there for, for, for a while. They're not going to let – because – it's going to be hard to come back. I think once the election is done, things will kind of ease up just a little bit. But each state is going to be, you know, people are stubborn. Because uh, it's not just it's, it's not just sports that, that's involved here. You have governors that are involved here. Local politicians are involved here. So do the owners of the NFL teams want their fans back? Of course they do. I mean, it's revenue. It's, you know, we, we were just talking about it. It's home field advantage. There, there's a lot of perks that come to it. But unfortunately – it's not up to the owners. It's not up to the players. Um, and I think it's going to be a while before we have uh, a normal feel in sports again. I don't think Lambeau Field gets gets filled up quick just because I know how blue Wisconsin can actually be. Um, they have, you know, they have some red in there, but I mean, Green Bay is a part of an organization that kind of leans a little bit more left. And when you have that, you know, you're probably not going to come back. And I'm not trying to get political here. I'm just saying that is just that's that's mm-hmm. just what the yeah. facts are, you know. It's facts. facts yeah. That's what the fact. That's what the facts say. And uh, I just look at it, and I have to know that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a while before we get fan, fans back, and that's in all sports, um, especially you know teams in California. I, I don't think I'm watch Dodge game for a while, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a while. Teams are going to, although it's working now with a little bit of fans. I mean, we're talking about you know Green Bay sits uh, sixty eight thousand, and to think that you know there's going to come a time where we're, we're going to be, as a nation, we're going to say it's okay to put 68,000 people in one area. Just to, to say that out loud even now sounds crazy just because of how we've been living. So I think it's going to be a while before 
uh, we get to that stage. For sure. Yeah, I think just with, yeah, you said, like we said, with everything going on, I feel like just sports in general, not just the NFL, I think all of them ha- are going to have to like earn the trust of fans back. Like it, it's going to be a weird I feel like marketing strategy to like, how do you, how do you incorporate them back? Like you said in a stadium of 68,000 or the Cowboys is like, you know, I think around a hundred thousand yeah, or so they're pretty up there. being able to, to, you know, to be able to fit everybody in those stadiums, you know, even SoFi stadium in LA, like to fit all of these people in there, you're going to have to, to pitch people, you know, obviously with COVID, obviously with politics, everyone's, you know, you can just watch the game at home. You know, you've been at home for, you're going to go for an entire year, basically sitting at home watching games. It's like, well, do I really want to spend 300 bucks to go, you know, really watch this in person? If I got the somewhat of the fan experience with, you know, they, they turned up the volume in the stadium anyways, you know, why do I need to be there if they can make some noise? I don't know. I mean, you're going to have some fans who are just diehard who just want to get out of the house and be there. Mm -hmm. But then I think, you know, you're going to have, I think the fans with, families and stuff who are going to be like yeah. eh, well i mean let's you're gonna have to earn our- yeah and like i i think you said it best too they're gonna have to buy the trust of the fans because there's gonna be diehard fans that say you know COVID or not i'm going but for the majority they're gonna be like no I'm, i mean why go put myself at, at risk and when it's broadcast live on my tv that i pay for you know like a lot of people like i have my mom who's been like you know she's always coming in with those mom those mom gems and she's all like, I don't know why you guys would want to go to the games. I pay for cable. <laughs> you guys pay for cable and you guys pay for all these NFL net, net, network. And then you don't want to watch it when it comes time. So a lot of people, the casual people, yes, they're not going to want to go to these events. And it's just like you said, they're going to have to buy the trust. And I don't know. I don't even know. There's a reason why I'm not, I don't criticize the people that make these decisions because I know if I wasn't that person, I would know where to start. Like how did like, I mean, how do you even start? where you say it's safe for 68,000 people to sit in one area. I mean, not, there's not enough hand sanitizer out there to make sure everyone's clean at every moment that you're in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's true. Again, we're not getting political, but um, just like the when we were first told we have to wear masks, you know, to go into stores, it was like, wow, this is weird. This is, this is something I've never done before. And now it's, oh, man, I wear a mask all the time and it's I don't even think about it well now we've created a new normal for viewing sports this is I mean we watched it on TV before but the best experience was to go to the game well now this is this is kind of what we're just used to so are people just going to continue down this honestly yeah I mean it's gonna it's it's just like I said it's it's gonna take a while it's gonna take a while before we have stadiums that are packed out and it's just because in 2020 Everyone's the smartest person in the room. Everyone knows more about COVID than you do. Um, and when it comes to all this stuff, it's it's going to have an effect on our daily lives, the way we go to school, the way we travel, the way we go to grocery stores, and unfortunately, yeah, the way we watch our sporting events. That's just that's just that's just our normal. Now. Well, hopefully, Laker games get cheaper. Well, I feel that's, like that's, I feel that's like too. Like happen. I think. <laughs> oh, that's never gonna happen. I feel like all the sports are gonna have like somewhat be on an equal playing field and now it's going to be this battle this race to for number one, to number one because you look at the nba their season was thrown off you know it's like well does the nba decide hey we want to play our games in the summertime and you know and kind of we think we can compete with baseball and then football you know we we've kind of been like basketball's kind of been in the you know the middle like they've they kind of come in pick up like right after 
the Super Bowl. But then, you know, you got baseball starts like right in the middle of when basketball's ending. And so it's like all of these, everybody's got like their couple months of dominating. But now it's especially when you're trying to earn back the, you know, the trust of the fans. I feel like I think the next year or two, it, like each sport will just kind of have its niche fans, kind of like how hockey's mm-hmm. been. Like hockey, you've got like, you know, whatever your five million fans here in America. But I think, you know, basketball will be the same. I mean, you look at the NBA ratings right now, you know, I think game three it was, like had four million people yeah. watch game three of the finals, you know. So I feel like it's going to have this like, oh, you got this pocket of basketball, this pocket of football, like this pocket of. And so now it's going to be like, how do we really market and brand and grow like to be number one? I feel it's going to be interesting well, couple of years. I'm, I'm never going to complain when the Packers play on Monday night and the Dodgers play tomorrow night in the playoffs and the Lakers are in the finals in one week. As a fan, I'll never complain about that. But definitely what you said, yes, they're, you know, they're, they are going to have to try to find it. And again, I, I don't criticize people that make those decisions because I wouldn't even know where to even begin. I believe you're absolutely right. And I don't really have an answer for you. I just have a comment because there, I, I, you know, the, the answer is out there. I, I, I will say there is, there is some solution out there that's going to work for all the sports. I, I don't watch hockey, but I know didn't that just come to a close to like a week ago or so. I mean, so yeah. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. you know, to, to have all this stuff, I think the game you're talking about game three with the Laker game, uh, there was more people watching Sunday night football than there was the finals. And um, yeah. to me, again, as a, as a sports fan, I'm not going to complain when I get to switch over and it's, and you know, it's LeBron James and, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's not good for sports. I do think they need to have their own platform, their, their own attention. I mean, basketball ends when baseball gets started and it's kind of easy to, you know, skip, skip on the Dodgers because the Lakers are in it. But yeah, I mean, Again, I don't have an answer for you. I just have more of a comment, and I'm totally with you on that. For sure. Well, we're going to jump into the final segment today, and that's talking about the NFL through the first four weeks. And uh, we're going to talk about – it's been exciting to have it back, like you said, as a, as a big sports fan. It's been amazing oh, yeah. to have it back. And so we're going to jump into it. I know you're excited about this one. I'm very excited about this one. All right, Gabe, we're actually going to take it back a little bit farther. We want to know your thoughts on Green Bay drafting Jordan Love. Yeah, so I've, I mean, you know, if I had a nickel, <laughs> like the number of times people ask me this. <laughs> um, obviously, Jordan Love, you know, I, I could dive into it on how I feel about it, but I, I could go on for about two hours to talk about it. You know, it makes sense. Again, on paper, you have a quarterback that's aging. I'm not saying his as far as his game. I'm saying, you know, father time is undefeated. And you have a quarterback that's up there in age. Um, it makes sense. It's responsible to draft. Now, obviously, I said earlier, in the sports world, it's all about narratives. It's all about storylines. The press doesn't care whether or not Aaron Rodgers is doing great. They, they want to know if Aaron Rodgers is upset because Matt LaFleur brushed him off during practice once. That's what they want to know. They, they, want, they, they, they want that. So during the Jordan Love pick – I'm not going to lie to you. I was I was sitting here and I was watching it and I was going live and um, when it happened, it was just, I mean, it blew my mind. I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I knew that was going to happen. No, I didn't know it was going to happen. Um, it bothered me knowing that we were coming off a year where we were in the NFC Championship game, where we fell short, where if we would have had some more uh, offensive power around us, not named Devontae Adams, not named Aaron Rodgers, not named Aaron Jones, 
if we would have just had one more guy, yeah, it probably wouldn't have been a competitive game. But, you know, you go draft a quarterback, let's just be realistic, who's not going to see the field for a couple of years. So that does nothing for me as a fan looking at next year. And did it get me mad? Yeah, it got me mad. I think I, all, I think every Packer fan, because there's even Packer fans now, I mean, I'm on the example where I'm okay with the pick now. But, yeah, every Packer fan – was mad at that and they they'd be lying to you if they said that they they weren't upset about that so when i watched that it it bothered me but after a while i just realized you know what i get it fans don't want to do the responsible thing they want us to go out and try to trade for julio jones and all that but the responsible thing at this point in aaron Rodgers' career being you know i could be real as a pack fan and say look aaron Rodgers, you battled injuries you broke your collarbone you've had knee issues you have ankle you know You've had problems in recent years, and and it's not on the good side. If this happened early on in your career, okay, your body's young enough to where you're gonna you're gonna come back stronger. But this is happening on the back nine of your career, so your body's older, your body's breaking down. A broken collarbone to you is not a broken collarbone to you know Patrick Mahomes. So we have to make sure that you know we're protecting our investment. And how do you protect your investment? You go get someone behind them saying, hey, it's not a threat. It's just here in case something happens to you and knowing your history, the chances of that are higher than the average guy. So Packer fans don't want to hear that. <laughs> I mean, I've said that to Packer fans and dude, I'm unfollowing you. I'm going to hunt you down and kill you. All right, guy, well, you know, cool, whatever. But I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I do think that, you know, it was, it was a responsible move, but initially, yes, there was a lot of anger, just a lot of confusion. I remember going to bed that night, just thinking like, what are we going to, I mean, are we just going to run the wildcat all next year? I mean, that's the only way you could get this guy in the game to put, to, to make some sort of dent. So yeah, it bothered me. It bothered me at first, but you know, I'm okay with it now. Yeah. I think that's because, you know, especially nowadays, like you take a, you take a guy first round and you're, you know, or your first, you know, pick, you assume he's going to start right away. You're going to put him on the field when you're talking about, you know, Lamar Jackson plays, you know, you know, pretty much in his, you know, he played in his first year and, you know, you got Dwayne Haskins plays in his first year and, and, you know, all of, you know, Josh Allen, I think plays in his first year. So you take these, you know, these guys early on, you know, Baker Mayfield's another one. You're like, Oh, he's, when are you going to put him in? Why, and why, why'd you take him? You know, cause we're assuming he's right. going to get on the field. So I think that, you know, that probably plays a lot into the frustration. I know as a, you know, football fan, I'm like, uh-oh, what does this mean for Aaron Rodgers? Is, is he going to be on the trading exactly. block? And, exactly. Hey, you know, there can, you go. Can, there you go. Can, you know, can Denver go get him? Can someone go after him? Does that mean he's available? Exactly. Is he available? Yeah. I, you know, what's up? You see a couple you know, fight. You, so, know, you see, like, a boyfriend and girlfriend fighting. All of a sudden, you start asking your boys, is she available now? Or I know, believe me, it's all about, see, it's exactly. all about, it's all about you keep, stories. You keep checking her bio. All, you know, yeah, you're checking her bio. Every every day, status and all that on Facebook. So yeah, we, I definitely well, speaking, got a lot of that. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, do you feel the reason that he's playing so well right now is because he has a chip on his shoulder, or he's just come around to Lafleur? I think it's a little of both. I mean, we're all human. If 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 you you know, especially guys, we have we have male ego. I I, I don't have. I'm not too proud to say that. I think male ego is definitely a real thing. So. You know, you guys have jobs. Someone gets brought in that was good at their job at a lower level, and your boss is excited about them. And you know, you're 
your employees are excited about them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to cause anybody to, okay, you know, I'll show you guys, you know. So I definitely think it had a little bit to do with the whole chip on his shoulder and wanting to go out there and kind of, you know, not just shut up the critics, but I, to me, if I were Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't try to shut up the critics. I would try to shut up the team first. Like, you guys decided to take this guy. So I have to prove to you guys before I prove to anybody else that my value is still sky high here. And it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, the resume speaks for itself. There, there's nothing really that says that his job is threatened or anything like that. But, again, you bring up – I mean, especially as a Packer fan, we saw this when Aaron Rodgers was drafted. We saw Brett Favre. Yeah. And it was all too familiar. It was all too close for comfort, thinking like, oh, crap. Like, are we going to lose him to the Chicago Bears or something like that? Like, is this, a, like, is this about to happen? <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, we as Packer fans saw that a few years back, and I think Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers were about the same age. I think they were 37 when, you know, when Aaron Rodgers was drafted. Brett Favre was 37. Now, I believe I, – I, I may have that wrong, but I, I believe when Jordan Love was drafted this year, Aaron Rodgers is 37 now. So, you know, again, on paper, it looks scary. But, um, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers, yes, he's playing well because you have that guy behind him. And Matt LaFleur, definitely. Uh, year one of a playbook, you go 13 and three. Offense doesn't look quite as sharp. Like, we went 13 and three last year, but I'm not going to say we were a dominant. Like, obviously, you saw what a real 13 and three, not exactly that record, but you saw what a real 13 and three team was in the 49ers versus the Packers last year. But coming off into coming off that year into year two, you're essentially bringing back the same roster on that offense, and the Packers are scoring the most points in the league. Aaron Rodgers sounds crazy, but he's competing up there with Russell Wilson. And knowing that Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions, even if he falls short as far as the touchdown count to Wilson, which I believe is going to happen, I think Russell Wilson will throw a lot more uh, picks than, than, than he's actually going to throw. So knowing that Aaron Rodgers is in the MVP race, the team is scoring more, Matt LaFour knew what he was doing. I tell us everybody that everyone that says that, you know, all oh, you guys, you guys didn't draft the whiteout. I think Matt LaFord knew what he had in Alan Lazard. I think he knew what he had in MBS. I think he knew what he had in St. Brown. I think he knew what he had in all these guys. He knew what he had in Aaron Rodgers in these young tight ends. He was, you know, Packer fans we were so used to Mike, Mike McCarthy having a five spread with Greg Jennings and James Jones and Jordy Nelson around a cop for years and years. And I think Matt LaFord had to tell him, like, look, we're not that offense. We're not. Why get our aging quarterback out there in the pocket almost every play? You don't want Aaron Rodgers to get hit. You want to how you protect him? You go get a running back in the NFL draft. Second round, that's exactly what the Packers got. You go develop Aaron Jones in, you know, you let Aaron Jones take a beating on his body before Aaron Rodgers does. If you guys watch Packer games, it's a lot of motioning. It's a it's a lot of rolling out. It's it's a playbook that's designed to where your quarterback does not get hit. The Packers offensive linemen have only allowed three sacks in four, four games. It's showing that we're not going to let Aaron Rodgers get hit. We're not going to let him get hurt. And I think the playbook that Matt, Matt LaFour has for Aaron Rodgers has worked out in his benefit. And, yes, again, the chip on his shoulder, Jordan Love being drafted, yeah, that's going to bug any guy. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was going to bring that up. You know, you, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, too, with it being, you know, the whole Brett Favre situation, too, because I think wasn't Mike McCarthy coming in off, the, off of Mike Sherman's yeah you know, tenure as the coach. And so it was kind of like this same situation. We got this new coach, you got the young quarterback, you know, right behind him. But I feel like, you know, Brett Favre kind of played his, some of his best football, you know, I think, you know, obviously we don't want to bring up 07 
you know, throwing the, the interception to the Giants, but he Thanks, was, man. I mean, he was still balling out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but he was still balling out. I still think, sensitive. you know, um, you know, kind of the lead up, but the Packers did win the Super Bowl a couple of years, a couple of years after. Yeah. That. I so, mean, um, you know, that's, that, that's kind of the pattern we don't want to go in though, because, you know, Mike McCarthy steps in your older quarterback plays well, but then doesn't end well. And then you get another quarterback and you win the Super Bowl a few years later on later. So, you know, if history repeats itself, we have a Super Bowl coming up in a few years where Packer fans are going to pay the price for it. So I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Yeah, well, you you uh, mentioned kind of father time and Aaron Rodgers and everything like that. And, you know, he's getting older. Um, is his window closing? And how quickly, I guess. I guess I sound like a super biased fan if, I, if, I, if I'm to say, well, I mean, whose window <laughs> isn't closing, you know? But <laughs> in my mind, is his window clo- closing? I think with Matt LaFleur com- com- coming in, kind of rejuvenating the offense, he's playing well again as far as the stat book is concerned. I don't see – I mean, there's definitely things that I see. He's not as fast as he used to be. If you look at his, uh, if you look at his stats early on in his career, he used to rush for three, 400 yards a season. Uh, he's not doing that anymore for obvious reasons. I mean, that was in the spread offense where if there was nothing there, the opposing defense, all their DBs are back. So you could, you had space to run, but there's things, there's, there's obvious signs that I see that he doesn't have that he used to have the running ability. Um, I don't think he's lost anything as far as his arm goes. I mean, he's still zipping the ball around. He's his, his, his accuracy is still great. I think he's at 70% on, on the season right now, which is above average. Um, that's a hard one to answer because again, you, the new coach comes in, a new playbook comes in, it works. But what happens when defenses like just, just with Mike McCarthy, what happens when a defense is around the NFL figure you out? I think that's when we'll be able to answer if his window is closing, if he can't adjust like he used to when he was younger for obvious reasons, if he can't adjust, then you could come back at me and I'll say, yeah, his, 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 his window's closing because the athletic things he used to do, yeah. 10 years ago just are just absent now. And now that teams know what our offense is, which happens to every team, uh, he has to ad lib a little bit. And he, you know, he was great early on in his career, but I think that's a question that can't be answered right now, just because again, the playbook's fresh, the head coach is fresh. The wins are coming off right now. We're scoring the most points in, in the NFL. I think it's, you know, I don't think it's a question you answer necessarily right now. I think you have to come back like probably like a year or two from now on that one. Yeah. Um, so switching gears from from just the Packers, and we're gonna go to the NFL yeah, as absolutely. a whole. You know, we we you know you know we talked about uh, you know earlier on you know a Bears player getting COVID, you know the Titans getting COVID. You know we talked about it before the show, but I want to get your thoughts on you know with this whole COVID situation in teams. I I don't know me personally, I feel like if a team kind of breaks protocol and you know doesn't follow its co- you know COVID guidelines. I feel like they should be forfeiting games, you know, because I think it's not fair. Like for the Steelers, for example, they got to give up their bye week, you know, to to get their take their bye week early, you know, which affects them, you know, because the Titans, you know, screwed up. So I don't know. What, what What's your thoughts? Oh, it's 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 that? the same exact thing. If you can't follow protocol right now, look, the NFL is a business at, at, at the very end of the day. And what does business try to do? What's their goal? It's to generate revenue. And you can't generate that revenue if your business isn't going. So the NFL is saying, look, you either follow protocols or, you know, we're going to take we're, we're, we're going to hit you with huge fines. And if, and if it's happening right now where a team is not complying with mask, I mean, look, 
I'll go ahead and say it. I'm not a huge believer in mask wearing myself, but I do it because it lubricates society. Like if, if people can, can, if we can have businesses reopen and small businesses come back to life and churches opening and this and that, you know, it, we're coming, uh, the normal we used to have, it comes back. And all I have to do is wear a stupid mask and just wear a stupid mask. I get it. It's uncomfortable. I'm kind of a bigger yeah. dude. So it's really, I, I, I don't like wearing it when it's a hundred degrees outside, but look, mm-hmm. if I get to watch football and think it's a come, come back, it's great. I think it's, I think it's great for sports. So when it comes to the when it comes to what the NFL is doing, absolutely. I'm with you. The Titans should forfeit the game. Like, look, you want to complain that you're forfeiting the game that you're taking the loss today. It's your dumb fault for not wearing the dumb mask. So I think teams should, if you don't want to comply to the rules, if you want to, well, I just believe politics and Donald Trump said this and, uh, you know, um, Joe Biden says this. It's like, okay, fine. You can have your political views. That's fine. But if you don't abide by what we have, you're going to forfeit a game. And that goes on you because you, because you forfeit a game, you don't, you don't go to playoffs. It's just, it's just like I said, money is king around the world. You're not making any money at all if you, if you forfeit a game. You miss the playoffs. You don't get playoff. You don't get TV endorsements. You, know, you, don't, you don't get this and that. So absolutely, the team should forfeit a game. There's no reason why the Steelers should lose out on their bye week, should break um, what whatever momentum they had in the locker room and film session, whatever it actually may be. There's no reason why the team should pay the price for that. Steelers should have played last week. And if the Titans can't do that, all right, you're going to lose another game. And if you lose the division because you can't wear a stupid mask, that's on, that's on you. And you're going to lose revenue. You're, gonna, you're probably going to lose a couple of fans along the way because it's just like, come on, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a simple rule. Just, just, just keep it. Who cares? So absolutely, mm. I am. I am with on the, you on, that. On, on the flip side of that, let's say they don't break protocol, but they do get you know have a situation like Cam Newton. You know, yeah. they, he gets COVID. You know, and it kind of throws off. You know, hey, we'll push the game to Monday night. Monday night, and you know, obviously, me being a Broncos fan, that affected us right. this week. Our game, you know, not being played Sundays, play being played Monday at two o'clock. You know, for the fan, it's like, well, I'm at work at two o'clock on, right. you know, on a Monday. You know, I can't even watch. You know, I'm gonna try to watch the game. I, you know, I've I haven't missed a game yeah, since I was it's not, yeah, in like eighth grade. It's not fair. You know, you. you know, it's not fair for yeah. the fan. Yeah, it's not fair for the fan. You know, so I mean, you know, what about situations like that? I think too? you just have to adjust. I mean, in order to have the NFL going. You have to make adjustments. Um, is it going to be perfect if you wear a mask every day and everyone wears a mask and hand, hand sanitizers are around the arena and around the locker room? No, it's not going to be perfect. The Cam Newton thing is just it's, it's just unfortunate. If it happened to Aaron Rodgers, it would be unfortunate. It'd be like, look, you know, we did everything we could, but sometimes there's just no way to avoid it. You can't be in a bubble everywhere you go. So if you know. When it does happen, let's say it were to happen the way it did with the Titans, others, but it didn't happen with you know not wearing masks or whatever. It, it, it could be. If that happens, then you have to adjust. It's not fair for NFL fans. I'll give you that. But I'd rather have a game on two o'clock than not have a game at all. That's kind of how I see that whole thing. And yeah. um, hmm. when it comes down to this, if it were to happen to a team, you know, again, you have to make adjustments because we need to have a season. Versus, we need to try to get everything perfect while the season is going. While the season is it's actually going on, I think the NBA. Again, I, I praise the NBA for what they did. They know they, they they knew you know we need to have a season. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna do the extreme. We're gonna go into a bubble. Just nobody's allowed in. Nobody's allowed out. It's gonna sound kind of you know Nazi Germany sort of, but it's for the benefit of us all. Yeah, players will still get their salaries. TV endorsements will go through. We'll make money. The fans will get games. Again, who cares what the atmosphere is like? Let's just get the sport going. So 
if it happens to an NFL team where it's just an unfortunate situation, then you just you you got to adjust. And if you need to give another team a bye week that doesn't deserve it, you know what? It's either get the bye week or we're canceling the season, and then you have a bye week for a couple weeks. So that's how I feel about that. But when it comes to you purposely not doing it, not following the protocols, yes, you should forfeit a game. Absolutely. Do you feel like I know it's a little bit of a curveball and a lot to think about, but what if the NFL had of you know again before the season done like regional bubbles? You know, it's like hey the Chargers and the you know whatever everybody plays. You know, you have your West Coast bubble, your right. Central bubble, you know whatever, and you know and teams kind of fly to these different you know bubbles, I guess to to play. You know, so it's like hey we're gonna play in Phoenix, we're gonna play in L.A., we're gonna play in. Denver, you know, we're going to play in these areas and they're going to go to, you know, the South or whatever it is, you know, because I'm just thinking off of, you know, how the the Saints and the Chargers, I think they're playing their game over in Indianapolis. I think I mean, obviously because of the hurricanes, but but, you know, something like that where you have just two teams playing in a random stadium, you know, kind of even neutralizing it to that neutral field. Well, I guess. well you know, I mean, baseball did it. They, you know, West Coast teams playing against West Coast teams, like uh, the Northeast playing against the Northeast, Midwest playing against the Midwest. So it does, I mean, as far as the data shows us, it does work. However, I don't see how it works because look, at NBA bubble, it makes a lot more sense. You're, you're literally in a space and you can't leave it or can't, you know, you can't leave it. You, you no, no one could come inside of it. But when it comes to like playing against like, I mean, Green Bay travels to Chicago, that's like an hour flight. But it's like, well, you're still traveling. You're, you're still going to be in a in 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 an airplane where everyone's breathing the same air. You're still going to be in airports. I mean, that's not necessarily a bubble. I get it. You're staying in your region, but I, I, I don't see how that works. Now, again, on data, the data we have, it works for baseball. So whatever works for, for you, if, if the NFL decided to do that, I would have no problems with it. I think it, it would kind of stink because I normally like to play against the Cowboys. That's like I look forward to when the Packers have when we have them on our schedule. Um, but again, whatever keeps the sport going, if it works for you and it and, and and it's moving along, and you know, obviously you can't avoid it completely unless you do what the NBA is doing. You adjust, but you keep it go- going, then it's fine. And I think the NFL, what they're mm-hmm. doing is great. What you know, what the situation you just put out was what the MLB is doing. And it's, I mean, you know, a little scared with the Marlins there a few a few months back, but it's working. Mm-hmm. I love that take. Hey, what, um, as we're talking, continuing talking to NFL, which teams to you have been the biggest surprise this year? Um, honestly, the Packers to me, just, I, I mean, I know we, 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 we've been talking, we were talking about the Packers. <laughs> I know what that sounds like, but I'm just going to be real with you. I did not think bringing in the same guys we did last year, like, Literally, like we signed Devin Funches in free agency and he decided to opt out. That was the only addition we really made to this offense that was going to be in effect. Now we have H.A. Dillon in there, but he he doesn't see the field because of, Aaron, because of what Aaron Jones does. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to be real with you guys. It shocked me because of how fast we're, start, how fast we're starting off this year, how many points we're scoring. So Green, Green Bay surprised me a little bit. I, I did think we were going to be somewhat good, not as good as, we're, as, as we are now. Um, the Redskins there for like a moment for just, just a moment. I mean, Chase Young, if you guys ever watch, watch him play, I mean, he is, he, and he's Mm -hmm. 21 years old. So physically he could still Mm -hmm. grow a little bit more, which is terrifying. I mean, super athletic. Um, 
there's not really any teams that surprised me. I mean, we knew what Russell Wilson was. You know, we know what Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the rest of that Kansas City team is. Um, the NFC East, I don't know what else to say about that 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 division. I mean, <laughs> the, the NFC least, <laughs> least, yeah. Just 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 knowing that the team in first place in that division has only won one game and it has tied another. I mean, the the Packers are four and zero, and the Bears are right behind us. That, that, just knowing that there's another division out there where we could be four games ahead right now at this moment just ticks me <laughs> off. But there's not really any big surprises that I see in the NFL. I think the Bill Belichick and Cam Newton divorce, I think it's working for both of them. That's kind of surprising that, you know, it was not surprising that the Buccaneers, because they, they have a lot of talent, but Bill Belichick, I've always been a Belichick fan. I, I, I'm the one that argues against Tom Brady being the GOAT in this snap because of the mind of Bill Belichick. You, you, you can't discredit that. You can't discredit game plans, especially when it comes to football. There, there's a side Tom Brady will never play, uh, play on. So that's, that falls on coaching. And when it comes down to that, you know, uh, you know, you watch what they were with Cam and without Cam. It is a little surprising to see that, you know, with Cam not being there, they're a different team. But it was surprising to see, wow, New England, knowing as good as the Bills are, New England could very much get this division. The Bills are another surprising team. They were good last year. They're in the playoffs last year. But now they just look like, they, they look like they're kind of unstoppable. And they have – I like Allen because he reminds me of Favre. He's that gunslinger, I'm going to do whatever I want type cowboy out there. And he, it's just entertaining to watch. It's fun to watch. So not really too many surprises out there in, 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 in the NFL. But what the NFL is doing right as far as on the field, it's fun to watch. It's just, I mean, it's just like I said, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Um, what's surprising, probably the most surprising this year is all the injuries. And I actually have a theory on that, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to dive. I'm not going to dive too deep into that. So. Yeah, I feel like, you know, to piggyback off your last statement, the injuries, I feel like this season's just a battle of attrition, Who, whatever team can survive to the end. Um, which I mean, it kind of feels like that, you know, each season. But I think this this one even more, more so. Star sure. players going down for sure. Yeah, so I feel like that's yeah. how it's going to be. Um, I you brought up Buffalo. I did in season one. I said that was my sleeper pick to, they to win the Super Bowl was Buffalo. Though. They look so good. Stephon Diggs Stephon coming Diggs in. A huge addition. Their their defense is beast mode. Um, but some surprises for me. You know, obviously Kansas City's, you know, you know, the best, you know, the best team in the league or, you know, one of the best teams in the league. The the surprise for me, I think, with them is that they didn't have that Super Bowl hangover and they picked up where they left off. And part of it might have been because of COVID, like they couldn't, you know, go out and, you know, do what, you know, do what teams do after the Super Bowl and go celebrate right. and party. So that might have been a big part been, of it. Um, you know, they were a surprise for me. Um, and then the other one is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has yeah. been a surprise. Yeah, I, I want to add that in there. Yeah, Pittsburgh has definitely been so because they they scrapped until the end. They had a shot, you know, to the last few weeks of the season last year. And that was about Big Ben. Now. Yeah, now he's coming back. You're like, eh, they look, they look yeah, I mean, scary. They they might make a quiet he, run. So he comes back. Juju looks like an all pro. You have a running game now where yeah. it's like. Defenses have to respect that Big Ben is back, so you're pulling guys out of the box, which is allowing James Conner. Um, I, I believe I believe Smell or Snell, I, I believe, is the backup running back. He's having some, some success for them as well. Um, yeah, some sometimes it's just bringing a guy back that has enough respect 
that gets you wins just because they're going to respect his game. They respect Big Ben has always been a deep ball thrower. So when you scheme against them, yeah. you have to pull guys back, and that allows the running game. That allows the short, the short, um, the short route passes to happen to be successful. And you know, you give Juju the ball on a five-yard, you know, slant or a five-yard out route. He's athletic enough and blockbuster enough to make it to turn it into a fifty-five-yard touchdown pass. So, yeah, Steelers definitely one of those teams. We uh, we t- you you mentioned the NFC. East or NFC yeah. least, what uh, what teams have been the biggest disappointment Eagles. this year? Eagles, hands down. I I've, I love Carson Wentz. <laughs> I think Carson Wentz. You know, one, once upon a time, if he didn't get injured, he would have an MVP. Um, but to mm. see what he's doing now, I mean, it's just. I have a brother who's an Eagle fan, and I know you guys know, know him, and he's highly annoying when it comes when it comes to the Eagles, and when they're <laughs> actually good. And I'm not going to say I've been totally disappointed in him doing bad because I know that shuts him up. But it has been disappointing to see, you know, Wentz not doing that. He has more interceptions than he has touchdown passes. Uh, just knowing that they're in first place with one win coming off that. And then if you guys were watching uh, or paying attention to when they tied the game, that was a decision to tie the game. It wasn't like they fought to the end. No, they decided, mm-hmm. you know what, we're going to break even. Um it's the NFC least, so you know a tie probably say a tie is better than a loss. Like I, I, I at this point, and I mean it's just disappointment all around from coaching to player personnel to your division itself. You know the Cowboys, all that talent. I mean give give Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, Lamb, and and Gallup and Cooper and Zeke Elliott, Cooper. and see what he does with it. And just knowing the Cowboys, all that talent, and you're 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 basically a nobody. You know, and then you have the Giants, who I feel have been rebuilding since 2012, are just still rebuilding. And <laughs> then you have the Redskins, and you know, I feel bad for the Redskins because they, you know, they couldn't when the season started, they couldn't focus on football. The football team, yeah. The oh, Washington sorry, team. sorry, the Washington football. Team. <laughs> I just feel bad for them because they couldn't even focus on football to start the season. They had to focus on politics and what are we going to name this darn team? And you know, like, so it's just the whole yep. division is just mega disappointment and it's, it's not even saying either there's no talent there because I, I i just said give aaron Rodgers the talent that dallas has and see how far they they get and they're what one one and three and their one win was a comeback win where they basically had garbage time points to win in the game i mean you know and then carson Wentz, we covered that the washington foot, foot, football team whatever their name is the giants you know then you have state you got um say saquon going out with the year injury i mean just it's not down, good yeah. for the sport, not good for the team, not good for the division. The whole division, just throw it away and start all over. That's just that's how I feel about about it, at least. Well, if you're if we're being honest, it's neck and neck right now. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there it's is, anyone's so division. That, so it is neck and neck, but I mean, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, speaking of that, do you feel like? I mean, I my opinion on this. Want to hear your take on it? You feel like a team if they have a losing record, should even make the playoffs, even if they win their division? Yeah, I'm not in favor of divisions any, um, anymore for that reason. Um, I know there's Cinderella stories that are out there. Like Green Bay, the year they won the Super Bowl, was a wild card team. We were a six-seeded team. So, I mean, we had a winning yeah. record. We finished 10-6. and six. But, you know, you watch Seattle a few years back getting to this, getting to, into the playoffs at 7-9. and nine. Again, we wouldn't have that amazing Marshawn Lynch run. We wouldn't have that on film if it wasn't for that. But, yeah, I, I, I think if you want to put the best teams out there, 
I'm not in favor of divisions anymore. I think there's a better way of putting it. I think college football, I don't think, yeah, to be honest, I don't think college football even has it right by basically judging who gets to go in. Um, but I do know there, mm-hmm. there are systems out there. You know, you can do top top 12 or this year top 14 teams, um, top scoring teams. But the divisions, they just – they are flawed. And once upon a time, it would probably seemed like, you know, oh, well, we'll never get to that scenario. Well, now it's happening, a lot, like, a lot more. And I don't know if it's just because we're becoming, you know, the league's getting faster, stronger, quicker, whatever it may be, more competitive. But we're seeing it a lot more now. I mean, if Philly gets into the playoffs, let's say six, nine, and you know, six, nine, and one. I mean, you know, the Chicago Bears are three and one, might finish off at their season around ten and six, eleven and five, knowing they won't be in there because that team is in. It's just, you know, it's. Again, it's not good for the sport. That's just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I think there's a better system out there than uh, the uh, divisional system right now. For sure. I would have to agree with you on that. So we talked early in the episode about Belichick and Brady. Um, I want to get your thoughts. Who's winning right now? Hmm. I think it's a tie. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't I think, don't there's, think a there's a clear cut winner. I mean, Definitely Maybe Belichick is winning one week and then Tom's winning the next. I, 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 I you know, too, time is also going to tell, tell us they're going to give us a better answer. But as of right now, I mean, again, if Cam doesn't get hurt, the Patriots are probably, you know, they probably, you know, it's probably Bill right now. But then you have Tom Thursday night going, losing to Chicago, not knowing what down it was at the very end of the game. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that kind of, frustrates me about that and it's not taking anything away from tom brady he's still tom brady at the end of the day but right now i don't think anyone's necessarily winning or losing in that divorce i just think it's just it's fun to watch i mean if you're not a patriot fan who doesn't want to see the patriots just crumble and that dynasty crumble because you were just so sick of it for the last 20 years yeah Yeah. i uh yeah i i kind of agree with you you know it'll, it'll be hard to it's hard to see right now who's winning i mean if if I were to say, like, right now, right now, Belichick is winning that one, just because, like you mentioned, you know, the, you know, Tom Brady not knowing what down it is and him yeah. being frustrated with his, you know, with his offensive line, yeah. you know, like, like you mentioned earlier with Aaron Rodgers being, you know, now protected, you know, with bringing in the running backs and, you know, their whole scheme changing. I think that's part of, you know, why Tom Brady had that whole longevity of being successful was, New England's offensive line was stacked. You, the way they used their running backs and, you know, spreading out the field and all these different things to protect yeah. him. You look at now, Tampa Bay is just asking him drop back and you know throw the football, to which all is of not these his game. Weapons. I mean, that's why Bill, uh, yeah. Bill Belichick. He had it. I said it about Aaron Rodgers earlier. Like you want to protect your quarterback that's older and doesn't need to get hit. You got to get the running game going, whether that's running the ball or actually, yeah, the whole scat back scenario. You know. Tampa Bay's out there, you know, oh, we gave you good, we have, you have Evans, you know, Godwin, we're bringing Gronk back to you. It's like, yeah, well, what if Tom isn't the guy to throw 50 plus times a game anymore? Then you're just putting mileage on a guy that you don't need to put the miles on. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Again, time is going to tell. I mean, if he stays in that system for a couple more games, he could have great success or it could be, you know, maybe – Maybe he's playing a year too, you know, maybe a year too much. So I don't know. Again, time time's going to ultimately be the one that's going to tell us that. Who's your uh, right now? Who's your pick for uh, 
to win the Super Bowl? Who, who you got? Taking taking Green Bay, <laughs> taking taking the bias out of it. Taking the bias out Everyone of it. Everyone on Green Bay gets COVID. They're not allowed. Uh, to don't no, even no, no, no. Taking the that. bias. Who, real good, real. Real <laughs> um, realistically, so who do you re- feel like? Realistically, it's Green Bay. I just want to put that out there. But if if, if <laughs> okay, I were to look outside of Green Bay, um, way I mean Russell Wilson's play, you can't deny it. I mean they're 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 letting him do what he wants to do, and it's working. The only thing that worries me about Seattle is that their defense is just not good. Now Russell Wilson is good enough, and as a Packer fan, I know this. Russell Wilson, your quarterback, is good enough to where your defense can be horrible and he can keep up as far as points. But, again, as a Packer fan, I can tell you that doesn't always work. So I like Seattle. I like Seattle to go far. I think they would be a great Super Bowl pick to have. You can't you can't ignore the Chiefs. I mean, it's just like you said, they're supposed to have the hangover, didn't have the hangover, look good. Um, the young running back that that the guy in the off, in, in the offseason looks to be a great piece to this this already stacked offense. Tyreek Hill is still the fastest player in the world, um, so I definitely like the Chiefs. And um, yeah, Chiefs, Seahawks. Trying to think of more teams that will be. I mean, that Super Bowl alone. I mean, I don't know if you can imagine Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson just going out, just going out there and slinging oh, the ball. Yeah. Every drive, the fireworks. Remember, there was a game like that where the Rams went to the Super Bowl and the Rams and Chiefs played on a Monday night and had a combined like 100 plus points, some ridiculous number like that. I mean, you know, that that'd be a fun one, but right now, Seattle Chiefs, I definitely see them as um, I'm sure I'm missing one, I'm sure I am, but uh, those two teams come, they definitely come to my head first, and the and 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 the Packers, yeah. Well, speaking of the Packers, as we kind of wrap up the show, we like to give our guests a little bit of a plug of what they're doing right now. So tell the listeners, tell the, tell the folks at home, you know, uh, a little bit about Real Pack Talk, what they can expect from the podcast and what they can pe- expect from your page and a little bit where to find you and stuff yeah, like that. So follow Real Pack Talk on Instagram. We are on YouTube as well. Actually, we're just, we're, we, just start, we just started with the podcast on, 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 on YouTube. But follow the, follow the show. What, what, what you can expect out of it is just your opinions being heard. Um, I don't ever, I won't ever claim to be someone that's great at edits or great at swapping jerseys on guys or anything like that. Real Pack Talk is all about opinions. It's about fan opinions, getting your voice, get, get, getting your voices heard, hearing it from an everyday fan that doesn't play politics, doesn't, you know, am I biased? Of course, I'm biased at, to, to some degree, but it's from a real fan giving his real perspective on the real events that are happening in the NFL, more specifically the Green Bay Packers talking anything and everything Packers. So go follow on Instagram at underscore real pack talk underscore. Gabe, that's awesome. We appreciate you being here with us. It was man. Fun. Seriously. It's it been, fun. it's been yeah, fun. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Well, we're going to have to get you on on a future Maybe episode on, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate you and we'll catch you on the next episode of water break. Stay hydrated. Thanks for listening to another episode of water break. New episodes get released every Monday and Wednesday. So be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're listening to right now to be notified when a new episode is available. For more exclusive content, check us out on Instagram at WaterBreakPod, or you can watch us on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Stay hydrated.